same. Show them your goodness and your love today, Lord, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Sunday school for our children. We will see you later. And Thank you, Bill. The rest of us, we're going to look at uh, this particular verse from our gospel reading. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. I think Tina missed that become word. That become word's an important word for us this morning. I don't know if many of you have memorized or familiar with the vision of this church. You pass it every time you walk into the sanctuary here. And uh, the first part of, say, of that says we are becoming family. Becoming a family. That implies change. That implies growth. Who likes that? One or two hands going up. <laughs> Thank you for the encouragement of that. But I want us to reflect a little bit on how do we grow? Because the invitation to follow Christ, and that, that's the invitation not only to the first disciples, but to all of us, is to follow him. That means more than believe in him. It's an, it's an expression of our trusting him, is that where else would we want to go other than where he's going? And the manner in which he's getting there. And so it's an invitation to, to follow him, his ways, his teaching, his lifestyle. But first and foremost, Jesus invites those disciples and he invites us to come, to be with him, to, be, to belong to him. And that's always our starting place, that we would know that we belong. Don't you love it that this is a place where you belong? This should be a place, more than any other on the face of the earth, the church where people feel they belong, where they're accepted as they are. And yet, sadly, it's not often true. In fact, I was reading about the uh, actually LBGT community in San Francisco. The primary reason they're part of that community is because they found a place where they felt they belonged and were accepted. And that was not true of their family or of the church. And that saddens me to read that. Whatever we think about choices people make, Jesus invites all to come and first and foremost belong. I love the ministry we have. I am second. Wayne and Ev were a part of that. And fundamentally, it's a place to come as you are. You belong. And that is attractive. Jesus is coming to the earth. God in the flesh, his life, his death, his resurrection was to communicate to all that you are welcome in my house. Our hearts should skip a beat. 
said as he was about to leave, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You see, always God's heart is to prepare a place so that you would know you belong. These words from the Apostle Paul. The Father chose us in him before the foundation of the world, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Okay, a lot of words there, but at the heart of that is you're chosen to be a part of him, to belong as children. You belong, and in fact, every person you will ever meet belongs. But we know that for ourselves, and we know it to be true when we accept the invitation to follow. You've heard me talk a lot about relational needs. And that's because, to me, that's the unpacking of what it means to love one another. This is the essence of who God is. He, he knows and meets our needs. Sacrificially, it cost him everything. It cost him the life of his son. And I've got a little thing that we're going to look at the bottom half of, the painful side of unmet needs. We know what it's like not to be loved, to be alone, to be ignored, even rejected or criticized rather than accepted, loved, supported, affirmed, appreciated. And there's a painful consequence to unmet need, relational need. And this is why God in his wisdom chooses to communicate his acceptance through love, to counter what our experience has often been. Because we are wired for connection. We are wired to experience loving acceptance. What is it that gives us a sense of belonging? What is it that causes you to be at rest? What is it that causes you to feel free? It's not just thinking about things. It's experiencing something. For us. You know, we've been in Port Alberni here for a little under six months. Can't believe it's a little under six months. And um, we came because I was invited, so I, there was a job. But that isn't sufficient to make me feel like I belong in my family. What makes us feel like we belong is the way people have reached out and touched our lives, showed us kindness, welcomed us into their homes, sat and eaten with us cared about the struggles we face and are challenged by. That's going to be an important part for, any, for you and for anyone else visiting us as a community. What do they experience? We may say we're friendly and accepting, but that's irrelevant if they don't experience that. What does it mean to become an accepting and welcoming person and community? <coughs> and the heart of this is that it would be a place where we're known. Where we're known. People know your story, and there's no need to be ashamed. Like I said earlier, it's not just that people know about us. It's not just information knowledge. It's not only a thought, but it's an experience of being loved. To belong is, means to be, we're part of a place where we can be real. We can let our hair down, and we can let others know us. 
as well as our seeking to know them. It is a mutual knowing one of another. We're vulnerable. We risk being who we are. We let people know the real us. Who loves that? We do deep down, but we're also anxious and afraid. And thirdly, it's a place where people genuinely care about who we are and what our needs are. And this is what Jesus modeled to this group of disciples who gathered around him, who were invited into friendship, to hang with him, to be with him. They were a mixed bag. They would have probably, some would have hated another. We don't often realize that. They were from such diverse backgrounds with different philosophies and upbringings. But they were invited and they belonged. And Jesus loved them. And he says the same to us today. The starting point has to be belonging, full acceptance. doesn't matter how we dress, what we drive, the job we do or we don't do, the language we speak, the accent we may have. The gospel at heart is an invitation to belong. It's freely offered, but it costs God everything. It is the gift of God. A gift that keeps on giving through us. But it has to touch us first. What is it that makes you feel you belong? What is it that makes you feel you belong in this community? What is it that makes you feel you belong here? Do you feel that? I just want you to, I just want to pause for a moment. I want you to think about that for yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to perhaps whisper to you. What does it causes you to feel you belong? Because that's part of what God wants to invite you to communicate and offer to others as an expression of care. Even as I say that, there's a recognition that that's, that's a process. We're all a work in process. And the second thing we're looking at is the importance of becoming. I will make you become fishers of men. It's the, in the call to Jesus. And that's a call all of us have to face and acknowledge. Have I received the call? Have I responded to his invitation, not just to believe in him, but to follow him? Is he my Lord? We worship and sing of him as such. Have I chosen to follow? Without that choice, it will be hard to feel like you be fully belong. But the more that you embrace that, the more you will experience that reality. But I would want to say to you, wherever you are on the faith journey, you belong here at Jericho Road. And I would hope that's what you would experience. But the choice to belong and become a part of and to follow implies something's got to change. Otherwise, I wouldn't be following. And when we, we turn to Christ and follow him, to choose to love him, to receive from him the gift of God, this gift of a Holy Spirit, the gift of his very life, his energy, something Paul says, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And what the spirit in us wants to do more than anything is to help us enter into the freedom of life, the fullness of life. 
to enjoy and express the gift that is in us to become mature, as Paul says, to grow and to become in every respect the mature body of Christ. What will help us fish for people is a maturing body. How do we mature? Well, it's not like cheese. We don't become more smelly. Although there is an aroma we're meant to give off. It's the aroma of Christ. First thing we need to grow in is free of unhealthy thinking. Remember I talked about that recently. Because of our experience around relational needs and unmet needs of our lives, we come to believe things that are not true for us. But part of the Spirit's work in us is to give us a sound mind. We're invited to learn to speak the truth in love. In fact, we're meant to be a people who can handle the truth. Unlike that little kid. A few good men. People who can handle the truth. So the lies that get built up in our thinking and in our response to people's engagement with us, things like, they don't really care. Ever thought that one? I can't do it when asked to do something. I guess I've just got to keep trying harder. What's wrong with me? One of my personal little lies I've struggled with is I'm sure they wouldn't want to receive from me. The strangest thing, throughout most of my life, that's been a battle and a struggle. And it's rooted in a sense of shame as to who I am and how I see myself. But it's a lie. And part of my growing and becoming is getting free from that lie and taking hold of the truth. And Jesus said about the Spirit, who is the gift of God who is in us, that he will lead us into all truth. It's a relational truth, not just an abstract conceptual truth. It's not just about doctrine and what's right to believe. It's about freedom to engage in loving relationship one with another. And that's only possible when we know that we belong and we are accepted as we are. And part of God's healing and transforming work in us is to reorient our thinking around a God of such compassion and love as expressed in Jesus. And part of the Spirit's powerful work in our lives is to break down strongholds of unbelief about the nature of God and his love for us that have been strengthened and reinforced by, sadly, our painful experiences in life. But the Holy Spirit is doing something new. We are a new creation. And the Spirit wants to reveal more than anything the heart of a loving Father towards us, that we would know the truth and walk in the freedom that that brings. But a second freedom we need is freedom from painful emotions. When we experience unmet needs, when people don't accept us or don't appreciate, and we experience the opposite, not only does it trigger faulty thinking in our minds, but remember, it triggers painful emotions. Talk about the cup. Remember, pain, anger, fear, guilt, shame. These accumulate. 
And part of our being accepted into a community and into friendship with others is to help us process our painful emotions. To help us become more self-aware of who we are and what's really going on in the inside and invite others to help us get free from those things. You see, Jesus understands our pain. Not only does he understand it, he's broken over it and he feels great compassion towards our suffering. He understands and he cares, I believe. And our growth into Christ will be in part allowing him to touch us at the place of our deepest pain and our story. And those areas we would much rather not go to and think they're in the past and they're in and need to be left there, but they're too much a part of you. They go with you and they shape our choices and our actions. And it makes us hard to trust. It makes us hard to be vulnerable. It makes it hard to reach out because we've been hurt. But the Holy Spirit wants to touch those areas of deep pain. And he invites us to become more aware of who we are by engaging and risking relationship with others, risking friendship again, believing for a better future, even though humanly we may not be able to see this. Can we receive from him through the spirit of love, power, love, the love of the Father poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given? And can we receive that same love through the Spirit at work in people around us? Growth into Christ will learn, will mean learning to process our emotions well. And there's no way around this. But many get stuck here and struggle to become mature. Carol's helped me so much in my own life with this. Because as you know, I didn't grow up in a family that did that well with recognizing and dealing with emotions. And I know that's true of some of you as well. But God brings people into our lives for this very reason. Do we have the courage to receive from him? Thirdly, we need to live into a freedom of that comes through humble dependence and expectant faith. God wants us to grow, to learn, to become more dependent, not less. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each of us contributes towards the maturing of this body and of the lives of people as we do our work, as we serve, as we love, as we faithfully engage in relationship one with another, as we speak and express the truth one to another. Some of the unhealthy behaviors that are fueled by our faulty thinking and painful emotions are things like demotivated, we check out, we avoid, we self-protect, we procrastinate, we're fearful of making the wrong choice. In our perfectionism, we think we have to get it totally right. And sometimes we manipulate, and sometimes we just put up the wall. It's reality. It's self-protection. But it's self, you see, 
And the invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to deny self. In fact, it's to crucify self. Why do you want to bring that thing with you? It's familiar. I'm used to it. I'm kind of comfortable with it. It's like an old lazy boy. It's battered and beaten and ripped and torn, but boy, I love it when I sit in it. And that's a bit like the old man in us all. And yet there is something far better. Something far better. Humble dependence. You see, this was in the garden before the fall. This is how God first created. A beautiful dependence without shame. Fully expecting. Expectant faith that God is my provider. I don't have to toil for anything. I don't have to doubt my tomorrows. He is there for me. He has promised to be there for me. What a beautiful picture. But it's about trusting, you see. This is why it's more than believing to follow Christ. To become something means I've got to put my whole trust in Him. It's Him and no one else. It's Him alone. He is my God and my Savior, my provider, my protector, my life. An expectant expectant faith, trusting in Him, means I don't need to live in fear and I don't need to take. I can trust Him and I can risk that with others. And that's why we only get there through vulnerability. Do a sermon on humility and vulnerability one day, but vulnerability is a profound expression of expectant faith. I don't need to live in fear. But we only get there through vulnerability, trust. And finally, we need to experience a sense of joy and gratitude. Joy and gratitude. You see, there are some painful outcomes of that bottom line of the painful side of unmet need in our lives. Not only does it trigger the, those faulty thinking patterns, not only does it trigger hurt, guilt, shame, fear, but it leads to painful outcomes in our lives when we live by these things. Things like personality dis- disturbance, we're not really sure who we are. We make poor choices. We isolate ourselves. We live in permanent conflict. Life is, seems to be all about problems and very little provision. You see, we weren't created to live at the bottom. We, we were created to live in a connected world of healthy, loving relationship with God and one another. That creates the potential to counter often the reality in our lives. Joy and gratitude, the oil of joy that, that the, uh, the prophet Isaiah, part of Isaiah 61, which is kind of Jesus' manifesto, the first time he stands up to preach in the synagogue, he reads from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61, and a part of the prophetic word is the promise to rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. He gives us a sense of joy rather than shame. And so I can choose to live in abundant gratitude for God in my life. 
This is his invitation. This is what brings us freedom. And this is what helps us become fishers of men and women. Because we're living in this place. Just go back to that previous slide, sorry. He who did not spare his own son. The God who gave us his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Earlier Paul has said that we're co-heirs with Christ. You have all things. The question is, do you have joy and gratitude? You see, we have to look to him, not to ourselves. And we have to believe. Part of becoming fishers of men is that we choose to believe. We choose to take him at his word, to meditate upon these truths. We often think that belief is the starting point for any of us. Got to believe first. But no, I think it's a response to the invitation to just come and be with him, to come and be with us, to come and belong to us. And as we begin to participate and connect in relationship, something begins to happen in us, and it stirs up faith in the one who is behind it all, Jesus. Saving faith is trusting faith. And for that to develop in us, we've got to get away from the old patterns and ways of thinking and behaving. You see, our destiny is to be fishers of men. Our destiny is to be an expression of the wisdom and majesty of God. That's why I started there this morning. I was, I was overtaken by that reality just driving in this morning. Do we see myself as just going to church or do I see myself as the church gathered, the people of God, indwelt by the glorious Spirit of God? This is our calling. This is our destiny. This is our reality. And our becoming will be a fruit of our trusting and believing in Jesus as the one who changes us. You can't do it. Don't try. He will do it as we look to him. In one another. And in his word. If we don't believe that Jesus can truly change us, what have we got to offer? What gospel do we bear? I hope it's not rules keeping and legalism. But is that what people experience when they come among us? His love changes us. His acceptance heals us. He is the source of light and life. I put a quote from John Owen. Most of you may have not read a lot of John Owen. He was from the 17th century, Oxford. If I have observed anything by experience, it is this. A person may take the measure of their growth and decay in grace according to their thoughts and meditations upon the person of Christ and the glory of Christ's kingdom and of his love. Do we meditate upon Christ, upon Jesus? upon his kingdom, upon his love. He is our light. He is our life. He is our healing. He is your transformation. And he is yours. He has given you of his spirit. Look to him. Believe for the impossible. 
receive the gift. But also we grow as we listen to his word. What a gift that we have the scriptures. You know, people died to provide this in English for us. We have more availability of the scriptures today than ever. There's more access to teaching and exposition than ever. There's more translations than ever. It's still a top seller, but he's reading it. He's reading it. Are we living by it? Is it our wisdom? Is it our guide? Is it a living word to you, ignited by the, the Holy Spirit who inspired others to write it, that we might be transformed through it? And finally, we, we grow as we believe that we are the church and believe in the church as our new family. Are we becoming family? You know, Jesus shocked his hearers when being told that his mother and brothers were outside. He says, who are my mother? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Oh, they're the people outside. No. He says there's a new family. There's a new thing. We belong to one another. It was Leslie Newbigin who was a, a missiologist to India. Uh, wrote, wrote a great book, The Gospel in a Pluralist Society. He said this, the only hermeneutic, which means kind of interpretation, understanding of the gospel, is a congregation of men and women who believe it and live by it. This is what makes us fishers of men. We live by the truth in Jesus. We love one another. All else is secondary. Are we growing in our love for one another? Our need of one another? A new way of being that Jesus said, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, John says, and we should do the same for the brethren. That is our high calling. That is impossible without him. But remember, through him, all things become possible. Let's pray. Father, what a glorious thing you're doing through the church and who you're making us to be together in your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our eyes, Lord, to this truth. Help us hear again the invitation to follow you, Jesus. To trust in you to trust in your word, to trust in your spirit who is given to us. Meet us, Lord, in the place of our struggle to believe and the pain and fear we carry and even in the brokenness of our places. Show your compassion, Lord, and continue to build your body through us. We need you, Lord, and we say yes to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, we pray. Do with that which we are utterly incapable of doing on our own. But that which with God, all things become possible. Increase our faith, O oh God, we pray. Meet us in the place of our doubts. Meet us in the place of our fear and lack of courage 
that we would press through those boundaries. Help us to become Christians with men and women and children. Help this be a place of belonging, of acceptance, of love, Lord, more than anything. And set us free to live this abundant life that you've given to us. For the sake of your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'd like to... Uh, Yeah, the question, who are we becoming? And uh, yeah, do we have those unmet relational needs among us that uh, are really plaguing us and really preventing us from entering into the freedom that Christ has for us? So I would really encourage you just to take some time as before we go this morning, just to, yeah, really consider that. Is there some things we're struggling with? Is there some areas that we really need some freedom in? And I would invite you to stick around for some prayer. We have our prayer team that is available to meet and pray over you and pray with you. Because we are a caring community here. We, we do care about needs. And we want us all to be able to move forward into that freedom in the body of, of Jesus that he has for us. So I would really encourage you, yeah, to just be able to take that time this morning if you want to stick around and, and join us for some prayer. So, yeah, and uh, I just want to, uh, oh, yeah, we have a special person up front here who's visiting with us this morning. <laughs> just want to welcome uh, Mike and Carol's daughter. You're the youngest daughter, I understand, eh? And what's your name again? Jess. Well, thanks for joining us, Jess. And you're from where again? Austin, yeah, from Austin, Texas. So it's great to have you with us this morning. And thank you for sharing your folks with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, yeah, it's great to have, yeah, family and uh, and for anyone else visiting with us this morning, yeah, just thanks for joining us. I know a lot of people are away this weekend being the holiday weekend, so yeah, hopefully folks are out there enjoying the great weather and everything. So this is the time of the service that we like to just provide an opportunity for testimony and, uh, and just give you an opportunity to share what God is doing in your life. And maybe not just the past week, but maybe the past months and years, maybe there's something God's been working in you, and it's a real blessing to the rest of us in the body when come forward and share what God is doing. It's not just a blessing to you, but to all of us to hear how God is working and uh, moving in your life. So just give you a moment to think about that. And as you do that, uh, just thankful for God for his 